Hi to all our listeners. This is Coach Chelsea, the host of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, a place where athletes, coaches, and athletic professionals come together to talk about faith, sports, and servant leadership. We hope that this podcast blesses you. If there's anything we could do for you, please find us at the Chelsea F on Twitter, at Chief Friend John, C-H-E-F-R-A-N-J-O-H-N on Instagram and streaming live at Chelsea F. Muir on Facebook. We pray that you continue to be blessed and continue to serve as God would ask us to. But for those of you all who are new uh, to listening in, I'm Coach Chelsea. I'm down here in Tallahassee, Florida. And it's crazy enough that we are six months into the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, where coaches just gather together. We spend our days pouring out to our athletes and our families and those in our communities that surround us. But what time do we have a moment to kind of pour back into one another? And it's been such an amazing adventure and journey um, just to meet new people, new coaches and leaders. And I'm so thankful to have uh, Coach Samantha Williams, head coach of Eastern Kentucky University women's basketball team on with us. It was literally an ask and an answer. Just that easy. I said, you know, Coach Williams, will you come on and talk with us? And it was like, I'd be honored to. So, Coach, I love you so much just for what you do. And I follow you. Many of us do. We see the TikToks. We see the content that you have out there. And especially in such a time like time like this where there's so much serious issues going on and just to kind of give us something to draw attention to, some positivity, some some humor, and some laughter. And I just thank you so much just for being able to come on today and share with us um, a bit about your journey, about yourself, and just kind of some of the things and what servant leadership looks like to you. So I'm going to go ahead and pass the torch to you, and I thank you so much for being here. Well, I, you know, I certainly appreciate, um, Chelsea, the opportunity. Can everybody hear me okay? Okay. All right. I appreciate the opportunity to to share Um, it's funny you talk about TikTok and, uh, had this pandemic and quarantine never happened, I would have never had the time to do anything like that. Um, uh, and it's, it's been a journey. I don't know about you all, but it's been quite something from March until now and dealing with this and having a lot of time to reflect a lot of self-assessment, a lot of just rethinking things about your life, your journey what's important to you. Uh, And so I'm thankful. It's been tough, but I'm thankful for it because I can tell you I'm going to be better for this time. Um, So with that having been said, a little bit about me. Um, I I grew up uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I'm the product of a single mom uh, who at an early age introduced me and my and my brothers uh, to the church and religion. Um, she, you know, at, when you're a little kid and you uh, sometimes on Sunday morning, you know, you're like, do I have to go? You know, she, she made us go every Sunday. And looking back at that, what that does for young people and, or, you know, it, it gives you the proper foundation so that when you hit adversity and you hit hard times and you, it gives you something to lean on and you know that um, it's more than just about yourself um, and that you can't, you know, you can't control everything and you just got to sometimes turn over uh, and leave it to God. 
Um, but having said that, I grew up in the church by, uh, by a single mom. Um, I got introduced to basketball early uh, at the age of five. I don't know why I started playing basketball. <laughs> I was just kind of self-taught. And, um, you know, going through, I had some goals uh, as a young player. And I had some adversity as a, at a young age. Uh, I'd had a, an ACL injury um, in high school. And at the time, I was one of the top players in the country. And, uh, you know, and that's being in the same high school class with players like Rebecca Lobo, as you guys know. Um, and it was a tough time. But you want to know what helped me, helped me get through that was my relationship with God. Um, and having him uh, just give me a peace, because uh, that's what a relationship uh, with God will give you. It'll give you peace in the middle of a storm, and but you should also have the gratitude and be thankful in the good times and in the bad. Um, so you know that that's a little bit just about my journey. Um, I actually, after high school and college, I played at Auburn University. I went on to play professionally um, in the American Basketball League, which is the league right before the WNBA. I played out in California. Uh, again, had some injuries with that and had to cut my career short. And I just, I prayed about it and decided that, you know, it was time to go get a real job. So, <laughs> and, 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 I'm, and during that time though, Again, it was probably the worst period uh, in my career because I had identified myself with basketball. That's all I ever knew. And I think that if that's something, that's something coaches that I would uh, instill for you to, to talk to your players is have them be more than just a basketball player. Because when the ball stops bouncing, they have to be able to do something else. Does that make sense to everybody? Um, you, you've got to have a player, you've got to have your players be able to do something else and not have their identity tied to basketball. It happens to, it happens to pro players, you know, when they get done playing. It happens to, it happens to a lot of people. Um, I would say that was the, the biggest uh, hurdle in my life that I had to get through. And had I not had a relationship with God, I, I, it was just a tough time. So just, you know, wanted to share that uh, a little bit about myself. Um, in terms of uh, my faith, I think, you know, I pray every day. And again, as I said earlier, I pray in good times and I pray in bad times. You know, there's times when you just have to, you think things are not going the way you planned it, or you know it seems that it's not fair. But I have been amazed at how many times I thought I wanted something, but it, God knew that I did not need it, and He knew what I needed before I even knew. So, you know, I, I would just say stay strong with that, um, especially right now. I mean, it's just a, it's a tough, tough time for a lot of people. And, um, you know, I, that's just, I pray every day that we're going to get through this um, and, um, and see it, you know, the light on the other side. So um, a little bit about where I am now. Um, obviously, I'm at Eastern Kentucky, but my journey started a long time ago. I've coached at places like um, Duke University, 
Uh, I've been at the University of Louisville and I've been very blessed. I, I, I call it favor, you know. Um, I, I'm blessed and highly favored. Uh, I've been to two Final Fours. Um, and, and when I had to make the decision to take this job, there's times when people ask, why did you take Eastern Kentucky? You know, you coached at Duke, you coached at Louisville. Why Eastern Kentucky? Uh, I believe my steps have been ordered to be here. Um, you know, whenever I have to make a decision, I pray about it. And I ask God to give me the vision or, the, you know, to, to make that decision of where to go. I don't always make it about money. Um, you know, I took a pay cut to, to get this job. Um, so for me, it is about what's going to be the best fit. Uh, where can I make the most impact? Because what I've seen over the course of my uh, career is you can have as many wins, you can win multiple championships, you can um, accumulate as much money as you want, but you can't, when you die, you can't take that with you. So it's what kind of impact can you have in your life? Um, that is where you leave, leave your legacy. That is what um, will grow, you know, past your time here on this earth. So that's, that's kind of what drives me in my profession. What better profession uh, than coaching or being a teacher that you can affect this many lives? If you really think about it, there's no other profession that you really can affect, uh, you know, this many lives. Um, so, you know, again, in, in, my, in my coaching philosophy, I try to have a servant leadership philosophy. And what does that mean for me? It means that I'm more concerned about others before myself. Um, it, you can almost, I, I tend to think of it as a, a pyramid, you know, either going top down or you're going to be led from the bottom. Meaning, I want, my, if you, I want my players and my staff to drive this thing. Don't get me wrong. I coach my team. But if you are a servant leader, you're going to care about your culture, what your kids do every day, uh, how they treat people. And that is what's going to drive your program. That is what's going to attract the kind of uh, attention that you want for your program. And that's what I've tried to do. When I took over this program, and I kid you not, Eastern Kentucky was literally the worst women's basketball program in the country. Now you say, you know, what does that mean? Um, when I took over, they didn't win a division one game the, the year before I got here. And so what I had to do was come in here and uh, instill that confidence in our young ladies. Um, and just, I had to turn around that mentality. So what I'm trying to say is I had to, yes, I coached them, but I helped them believe in themselves because if you don't have kids that believe in themselves, it's going to be, it's going to be hard, uh, to coach them. It's going to be hard to bring them out of that hole. Um, so, you know, that's what I really try to focus on is my players and serve them and make sure that their needs were taken care of. Um, I try not to, of course, I try not to uh, demand things, 
without their input. Because when, you, when your players feel like they have some ownership in the decision making, you're, you're, you're going to have a better player driven uh, team or program. I hope that makes sense for everybody. If, you, if something doesn't make sense, let me know along the way. I don't mind uh, stopping the talk. Um, so, and, 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 and doing that, there's two things that I have found within that service, servant leadership that are key to this. Now there's others, but the main one is to listen. Your players have to uh, feel that you're listening to them. Every, just like you and I, we want to feel like we're being heard. We want to feel like we matter. And that goes from the best player to the player that never gets off the, off the bench. You have to make sure that they feel like they're being listened to and valued. And then two, empathy, okay? Which I feel like in today's society is the main word that is, that is not uh, happening right now. We, we have to be able to walk in each other's shoes. I, again, I just, I feel like that's part of what's uh, in our country is lacking, is the ability to feel each other's pain. Uh, so those are my two key things uh, with servant leadership is, is listening and empathy. Um, and then also, you know, I try to lead by example. Uh, I try to, because uh, if your players watch you, and you're not doing the right thing, well, you, you, you lose uh, quite a bit of credi credibility with that. Um, so uh, again, just wanted to talk to you about that. And then how I also uh, try to use my faith with my profession now um, is the sense of community. And what I mean by that is your best player caring about the again the player that never gets off the bench um everybody feeling like we're all in this together okay and again i hate to keep relaying this to what's going on now i feel like it, it's kind of like everyone's in it for themselves right now everybody's in it you know you got this group over here and you've got this group over here how I try to instill a sense of community with my program is that we're all in this together. We win together, we lose together. And once you get that buy-in of that it's, it's we and not me, I think your program or your team will take off. Um, if that, you know, if that makes sense. So with that being said, you know, I'm, I'm, not a big long speech person, but uh, again, just wanted to share a little bit about me and how I, I um, run my program. Um, the main thing that just what I want to leave you with mainly, when you have to make decisions and, and not everyone's going to like your decision, what, I, what drives me and what I go back to is what is best for that person. What is best for that person? And sometimes I just had to make the decision last week um, to, to handle a situation for a player that was tough, but it was the best thing uh, for that player. And hopefully it's going to teach her uh, life lessons 
for the rest of her life. She may not see it now, but sometimes you have to, you have to teach kids uh, hard lessons. Um, but, but just know it's going to be better for them in the long run. So with that, I, I'm, I'm willing to take any kind of questions or. Yeah, coach, I think that was so good. It's so funny. I wish you should see me over here. You're helping me get back into training mode for when class starts back. Cause I'm just <laughs> right away. Um, and I find, and this is not always the case, but I find that, you know, down in the chat, one of the coaches on here was, you know, here's another one whose life speaks for itself. And it's the truth, just the wisdom that exudes from you, not so much from what you heard, but what you've walked through. And I mm -hmm. love how you mentioned the foundation being set by your mother, you know, and that's much of the same with mine, you know, a single mother raising four did a amazing job. God is so amazing for giving us, you know, me and my siblings, the mother that we had. And the biggest thing that you said, a relationship with God will give you peace in the midst of the storm. And I think so often missed, right? Because our relationship with God can't be contingent upon if things are good for us. And I love that you said, I pray when things are good. And I pray when things are bad. And I think that marks the sign of an amazing servant leader and, and a person that is really growing in their faith with God, because that prayer is a thing that just like every day I tell my girls and they think it's the craziest thing. I said, when you wake up in the morning, do you have to say, okay, remember, inhale, exhale. And they're like, coach, no, crazy. Why would you say that? I'm like, well, why not? Well, because we do it every day, all day, right? When we learn to pray with God and communicate with him every day, all day, those mm -hmm. things become easier and those winding place moments or walking through the storm, as uh, Minister Dennis on the line always says, they become easier to bear and you have a peace because you begin to recognize that God is doing something in those storms and in those moments. I just thank you so much for that. Um, I have some, a couple other things I'm going to yeah. say, but I try my best to yield to everyone else first. So y'all know me, uh, you know, we're family here. If you have any questions or comments or anything for uh, Coach Williams, you can unmute yourself and ask. If not, I'll keep going. Coach Williams, Coach Huff here. How are okay. you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I was just talking to someone, uh, honestly, yesterday about betting on yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I kind of put it in the chat. And you talked about it a little bit taking a step back in terms of what other people think is better in terms of money or, or jobs. Can you kind of talk more about that piece sure. um, and how your faith played a part in it? Sure, absolutely. Uh, and I've actually done that a couple times now in my career. Um, I'll go back to when I was first starting back in 2000 and goodness gracious, uh, 2001. I was a graduate manager at St. Louis University, okay? And my college coach at Auburn, and just follow me here, he, he called me and said, hey, I have a job for you. It's at Columbus State University, which is in Georgia. And I said, okay. Um, he said, now, you know, it's a good job. It's it, you, you're just a stepping stone. And I said, sure. Okay. You know, I just I went out on faith and moved down to Georgia. Well, St. Louis University, where I um, was a graduate manager, had an assistant coaching job come open. And I was two months into Columbus State, and she called and offered me an assistant coaching job. And it was more money. 
And it was, you know, it was division two as opposed to division one. But I decided to stay at my division two school because I knew um, I was, it was going to be the right choice for me as opposed to necessarily moving up the ladder at division one. And uh, I, I decided to stay at Columbus State. One, it was the right thing to do. Um, but two, I knew I, I was moving up, but I, it was, I hope this makes sense. People ask me, why did you decide not to, you know, take more money or to go to division one? It wasn't the right thing to do. Um, and I'm thankful for that. So back to what I'm doing here. Um, I knew as a first time head coach, um, I knew what I could do. And I knew that given the opportunity, I was going to take this program and win. And I, and I, and I knew that, uh, you know, some people ask, why didn't you just wait for a bigger job? That's not the direction that God sent me in. Um, it, it, I prayed about it. Um, and again, betting on yourself, it depends on your situation. Also, when you're young, I think you can do a lot of things. Um, I tell people you can be as involved in uh, a program. Like if you're say a volunteer, I would say jump in there as much as possible. If you're not making a dime off anything, trust me, it's going to pay off. Um, if let's say uh, you decide to take a step down uh, with a title or uh, pay, trust me, it's going to pay off because the people who pay, it's all about your work ethic. People pay attention to uh, passion, work ethic, uh, what kind of person you are. And that's going to, it's going to just exude through with your passion. That's, that's, I mean, I know it's a tough situation to, uh, do I take a pay cut? Do I go back? Um, but I'd say it's better to, do it then regret not doing it if you have the means to do it i would say do it i think that's so good um coach g who's on uh the line he said discernment and i think that's huge right i think that's so huge not only in servant leadership but just in leadership in every walk of life that we do, because it's much like what you said, you know, in the term people always say everything that glitters isn't gold, but trusting God enough to know what's for you. And I think that is exactly what I said earlier, you know, when I'm praying to God and I trust him, I ask God for what I need. And I know that I'm blessed and highly favored and I'm going to allow God to give me my identity. I think a lot of times as young coaches, which will lead me to a question that I have, um, you know, that I think that you spoke on a little bit when you talked and, and to get you expound on will help a lot of coaches. Um, being young in the coaching career, even sometimes not understanding what God is doing for us in this profession. Um, what would you say to a coach who hasn't determined their identity, not only just in Christ, but in general, and they're just kind of out there willy nilly? How would you help them? You know, you you and I, we started with a foundation of trusting God. A lot of times we have to understand there's some people new to the faith. I, I know many of those even on, you know, my own small coaching circle. What would you say to a younger coach or a younger coach in faith 
as they approach trying to make decisions, much like what you just, uh, you know, explained, what would you say for them in terms of trying to identify their purpose and identify their role as a coach? I always, uh, when I talk to, like, say my team, for example, and, um, and how you uh, approach people or talk to your teammates or and stuff like, I always go back to intent. Um, if I think if you come, come from a, a standpoint of trying to do what's best for people, uh, trying to do what's best for, uh, I think that's going to come through in, um, your career, you know, cause I can, I can tell you this, you build a reputation early and coaches talk okay and this is it's a big profession but it's really not and uh and coaches we all know each other um, that's why you hear a lot of you know coaches hire people they know and if they don't know them they're going to call someone that they trust and you want to have that rep you want to have impeccable reputation you want to uh just be that person where that coach, um, if again, if it's early in your career, that they can vouch for you without question. Because I tell people all the time, um, I, I don't necessarily vouch for some of my friends in the coaching. You know, because if you want to recommend someone, I don't recommend anybody and put my name on anything that doesn't represent what I, what I believe. And what I, because does that make sense? I'm telling you, I don't, there's friends of mine that I would not put my name on. <laughs> so you want to make sure you just have that impeccable reputation for work ethic, how you treat people, um, and just being a hard worker. I'll tell you what, that's probably the biggest thing that I've seen in my career is a hard worker who does things without you having to tell them, who have the forethought to think things that, uh, be a problem solver. As a, now being on the other side as a head coach, uh, if you're a young coach looking up, be a problem solver and not someone who always points out the problems because that's not what a head coach wants to hear. Now, anybody can complain, be negative. Why don't we have this or what? No, be a problem solver. You will go far in this profession if you can be a problem solver. That's huge. And I was having that conversation a couple of weeks ago um, with someone about how that's so hard for people. And I love that you said that, you know, we have our friends, we have our family members we have people that we love, but at the end of the day, we're talking about business, Correct. right? Mm -hmm. Be mindful that some people we really just can't put our names on. And, and, you know, a lot of we see it, it's like, well, I don't want to make this person mad or we see elevation, you know, where once peers and now we see elevation and it's like, okay, well, now that you're in this leadership capacity, you know that you may love that person in a personal setting, but professionally, they just don't measure up. And so that's a hard thing to do, but it is imperative that we do that, especially when we're trying to be successful. So I'm glad that you pointed that out. Mm -hmm. um, with everything going on, and you started to touch on that as well in these times, I love how you said, you know, the empathy of a servant leader is important. And some people kind of 
when we speak about empathy, it's like, oh, okay, and we feel that it's something small, but that's a very huge piece. When we can feel for those that we lead, when we can feel for those and lead in love. Mm-hmm. And that being said, you know, with these times being as they are, and not really sure within the pandemic how things look like for you um, at Eastern Kentucky, but one, has the pandemic kind of thrown off some things? I'm not sure what your um, conference has decided to do, but ha- how does practice in this new this new normal look like at Eastern Kentucky with your program? Well, um, I actually, I did not bring my players back this summer um, on purpose. I just, I wanted to give them time and again, trust and have the faith that they were going to work out on their own. Uh, and I would bring them back at a later time. Uh, and actually, that's why I was saying we just finished practice a little while ago. Um, we just started this week. Uh, other than the normal having to wear a mask, everyone knows that we're, uh, we're not really doing anything with contact right now. Uh, my main focus is getting our kids in shape uh, because they did miss from March. It's almost been four or five months where, you know, the training here at the school is much different than what they train at home. Uh, so that's probably been the biggest thing is just trying to get them uh, in shape. Um, and then what's also tough is, you know, when you're a team, being close is important. So, or having them at my house. Like I can't, I'm hesitant to have 20 people. I can't have 20 people at my house. Uh, so that's probably the the closeness that's important for a team. I think that's the biggest the biggest thing. So we got to learn ways to uh, bring them together and have them be a close unit, but not have that proximity that you're used to having, like the high fives and the hugs. That's the toughest part. That's the toughest part. Yeah, I'm kind of working my head, you know, as, you know, high school sports begins to open back up. And, you know, that's hard because we do. I miss, you know, we get talk about the games but I tell people I'm like yeah you miss the games but I miss you know doing cookouts and having my team over I met you know you miss that you miss even having them come into my room coach what you doing you know and you miss all of those things and, and you know that's a big thing especially when what sports do for many of our young athletes mm-hmm. um they're home in some situations that you know sports has helped to elevate them from mm-hmm. so get you on that coach you know when we talk about the social injustices that are going on and we've had coaches on uh, I was telling the coach on Tuesday it blew my mind we count it back and you, you know you make speaker number 58 and that still blows my mind and just hearing the walks of different servant leaders hearing mm-hmm. coaches from HBCUs and you know other institutions and sometimes at HBCUs You know, I don't want to say it's easier, but the conversation is had. But in light of these social injustices and, of course, naturally being in a pandemic where everybody, like I say all over and over again, like the song says, the revolution will not be televised. Well, it has been televised and it's been on social media and we're in a a spiritual pause to where we can see it more. Mm -hmm. Um, With everything going on, and I know within athletics, I tell people this all the time, in athletics, it's, it's very rare, if at all, you see that because we're teammates. You know, right. how do you as a leader and as a coach um, have those conversations with your players if warranted, if they want it, have mm-hmm. that open 
policy for them to kind of talk because that is straining straining for young adults 18 to 25 trying to figure life out already and now we add this to the to the mix well what's what's tough first of all is to make sure that do they even watch the news and know what's going on um that's something that i have um have my eyes open to you'd be surprised at how many young people don't really pay attention so trying to just help them educate be educated about uh voting rights for example and having them appreciate the ability to vote and having them understand that uh 50 years ago <laughs> we didn't have the right to vote okay uh, uh you know african americans so one is to make sure that they have the knowledge and un, you know don't just go with uh because everybody else is doing it have your own knowledge and have your own uh way of thinking about these social uh injustices i could speak on this forever but what's tough about being a coach is you have to walk that fine line about uh being too political I think that um it has gotten a little bit better for coaches to speak out. Uh this this year was just for whatever reason and I could feel it early on. I said something's different about this time. Uh and I knew it was going to be a little bit easier for us to to speak on things. Uh I, and if you really want to get real deep, I think that the perfect storm from you know, a pandemic uh Uh, the civil rights movement and we've got the great depression like all three things all together <laughs> and what it is allow is for people to slow down from their everyday lives when they, we were quarantined and really have to hit face on uh our our i call it um the wound that has never healed in this country and that is the uh, the race it it just it 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 for whatever reason uh this country has just never dealt with it or i tell you what i fear right now is people are getting tired of hearing about things you know cuz if you go back to i know i'm i'm going all over the place with this but if you go back to the end of slavery and when they were trying to do reconstruction people got tired of it and so it just dropped Right now we have the opportunity for change and I just hope people don't get tired. Just don't get tired of of trying to make a difference and and change. And again to go back, you know, we're all in this together. So to go back to your question about my players, um I'm going to give them the right to to speak uh as they may, but I want them to also make sure they have the right information. and be knowledgeable about what they they speak about with all this because we we are in a different uh we have a platform that's what i keep you know when people try to tell us to stick to polit- uh, stick to coaching or sports that's just not fair it's not fair if you have a platform give your players a pa- platform uh i take very seriously um that opportunity to m- you know open eyes to uh to others about the differences in in thinking of, of racial issues because if you really want to go back 
you have to understand why things are the way they are right now, but you've got to really understand the systemic, uh, whatever you want to call it, have how, why we are where we are. And until you understand that, this, nothing's ever going to change in this country. I think that's so good, uh, Coach. And, you know, when you said don't get tired of trying to affect change, I just immediately heard resounding in my, my head that scripture that says don't get weary in well-doing. Um, and I, I, I just think about that in terms of our players, and I think that's so important not only with our players, but people in general. And much like you said, as coaches and leaders and educators, we have the opportunity to affect so many lives, so many lives, um, especially the longer that you stay in the game. And, you know, they're so impressionable. And I love how you pinpoint that. They need to be knowledgeable. I'm not going to mute you. I want you to have your opinions. But let's make sure you have the proper knowledge about before you form your opinion. And I appreciate you so much for that because we're producing leaders, right? Um, Servant leaders to make more leaders. And I was reading something last night and it was a devotional on God parents, right? Um, but it was so much linked to servant leadership. And it said that, you know, the beginning of a God parent started with the fact that not so much of understanding that we have to take in sp- a spiritual investment of leadership in these children's lives, but it came in the fact of trying to bring younger leaders up with us in a spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. If I'm going for it was funny. I think uh, Kamala Harris said it a couple of days ago. She said, you know, we have to be in a place that when we make it through the door, and this is all races, all genders, whatever the case may be, when we make it through the door, we have to make sure that we swing that door open wide enough to create room for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so I think that servant leadership, we have to make sure not only that we are helping them become knowledgeable, but we have to make sure these young people are being aligned and showing them what leadership looks like because hey, we're not gonna be here forever and they have to take our place so i i find that just so amazing that you would uh put put out in the forefront how much knowledge is power um not only in that situation but every situation so i thank you for that um coach do you all participate in fca i meant to ask you that earlier in the conversation but does your team participate or utilize fca in your um uh, i know a few of them did uh, last year. What we also do is we have our FCA director come and speak to our teams, uh, to, to our team uh, periodically. Um, I like, what I like to do is have him speak to our team before on game day um, or after practice or before practice. Um, again, ju- when we're trying to coach these kids, what we can't forget Yes, we're trying to get them physically better and mentally better, but we have to improve them spiritually. And that's something that we do take very seriously here. Because again, just like, uh, you know, I was telling you earlier, having that foundation of when you hit adversity, having something to lean on. So I'm very big on that. Just ha- make, sure your pl- make sure your players have something to, to lean on when they're in their dorm room and they're having a tough time. Having somewhere to go having someone to talk to, having a personal relationship uh, with God. I think that's so huge. Um, and I'm loving that, all of that, because I just see it. And I, I'm thinking of, you know, previous speakers like uh, Coach Henson and uh, Minister Dennis, who's on the line. And we talk about those moments that when adversity, when adversity hits, you know, I tell people all the time, um, my pastor says, uh, keep on waking up and saying good morning. Um, because if adversity hasn't hit you yet, Mm-hmm. It will soon come. 
you know, or he'll say it hadn't stopped by your pew yet. Mm-hmm. And, and, and building that foundation, allowing them to have that foundation for when adversity comes so they have something to lean on. That is powerful, Coach. Mm-hmm. That is powerful. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, I, I, one of my favorite verses uh, is Proverbs 3.15. And that's trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. Uh, and what that does and what that means for me is, again, what I was talking about earlier, Sometimes we don't understand why things are happening. Um, But, you know, you just have to have that faith that, uh, and just trust in the Lord that he knows what's best. And it's hard sometimes. I mean, it is hard when you think, you know, but I want this and why can't I I do this? Um, I think if you can, you know, just go back and just trust in the Lord. Uh, he will guide you and he will um, give you the peace with whatever happens, um, you know, to, to be at peace with it. Coach, can you guys hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I was struck by something that you said almost immediately. And when trying to familiarize us with who you are, for those that may not know you, um, you mentioned your mother. And then, Coach, you mentioned uh, Kamala Harris last night, who mentioned her mother. And I was thinking there was a thought that was churning within me. Paul writes to Timothy, his son in the faith, and he, in essence, says to him, listen, I want to remind you of the unfeigned faith that was in your mother and your grandmother, mm-hmm. and that I'm persuaded that's also in you. Mm-hmm. So that was already churning in my spirit. And then you said something that... I personally don't ever recall a coach saying, which was name another profession that has the ability to impact so many lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about coaching trees, but that's typically in the coaching profession. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I started to think about this is the thought, the power of a seed planted. And you're the byproduct of a seed called faith that your mother sowed in you. Kamala is the byproduct of a seed called faith and determination that her mother sowed in her. Uh, Coach Chelsea's mother has joined us countless times on, on the Servant Leadership Bible Study. And besides the you know uncanny resemblance, there's other things that have indeed trickled down. And so it really is encouraging. Um, I was already encouraged. Jersey announced today that they're going to attempt to go forward with um, uh, athletics in, in our state and seasons have flip-flopped in some instances and so on, but really blessed by that. And so, um, you know, scripture tells us one man plant, another watereth, but God brings the increase. And so, um, and then lastly, the thing that coach G was quick to pick up on the discernment and how you decided that this is the better fit for me. Mm-hmm. And so often we, we, we advise kids, but we don't necessarily always take our own advice. You know, go where you want it to the kid. You know, it's not D1 or bust. This could be a good fit for you. And so, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a fine line between open doors and trap doors. And the last thing I want to say is that anytime purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. And so you knew that you were purposed to turn that down, that there's purpose there. And right. there's no question about it. I've got a television 
I hate to admit this, with 600 challenge, channels, and I still have the audacity at times to say there's nothing on. Can you imagine? Right? And we used to have 13 channel, channels, turn it with pliers and rabbit ears, aluminum foil, but now we got 600 channels. And such is the appetite of humanity that I have the nerve to say, man, ain't nothing on this TV. But all of that to say, my remote controls, sometimes my children have to come help me because anytime purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. So one of those remotes has the ability to unlock this whole world that I can't even navigate my way through. And that's what I think of when, when I think of you there in Eastern Kentucky, that you, you're there because there's a purpose in your being there. And there's a seed that's being planted that in many instances we may not know until that seed gets a chance to germinate and grow. So I, I salute you and I was blessed right from your introductory remarks, talking about your mother. And that to me suggests the power of a seed planted that, you know, multiple years later, there you are. And let's face it, you're a motherly figure in the lives of these women. I mean, you're a coach too, so you got to coach them up, but you got to love them too. And I think that's a big leadership thing that I try to work on. And I coach high school ball, but it, it still applies. Some of the kids need a tap on the backside. Some of them need a lump over the head. And some of them just need a hand to be led in the right direction. And the discernment, Coach G, to know the difference so that I don't wind up abusing because I don't know purpose. So thank you so much. I think that's huge. And what you said uh, is having the discernment of how each player needs to be coached. I'm just going to, I'll just tell you, having been in this business now for almost 20 years is that I've seen coaches fail or succeed uh, because they didn't know how to handle particular players. Um, they would treat them all the same. And, and let's just be honest. You cannot treat every player the same. You can be fair. The key is to be fair, but you cannot treat every, They're all different. And this day and age, they, uh, they've changed in the last six, five, six years. You cannot treat every kid the same. It, it just will not work. But you, I tell you, you got to love them. You got to love them hard, but you can also be tough on them. Okay. And I know you've heard this a million times. Kids, they don't care how much you know unless they know you care. It's, I can't, uh, it is the truth. It is the truth, and which is why you see some of these coaches out there uh, getting in trouble for being accused of, you know, whatever. That's because the kids don't think they care. They don't think they love them. Um, One of the best coaches that I've ever worked for, being able to uh, do that was Jeff Walls at Louisville. Uh, The man was a, a genius at... Uh, he would do anything for those players and they knew it, but he was tough on them. And I think as a result of that, in addition to their talent, uh, that's why he was able to to get the best out of his teams. You know, and that's why like in 2013, you guys heard that, you know, about the Louisville team to beat Baylor. I was on that team and we had no business beating Baylor, no business beating Baylor and Brittany Geiner. We had, you know, scrub, <laughs> and well, and they, they laugh now, but it was because we had a culture of uh, just loving each other, uh, holding each other accountable, 
but the key word is just the, the love part. I think that's so huge on both of you all's parts, you know, going back to you, um, Coach Dennis, you know, I think that's so huge. The power of a seed planet. I'm right now, and I think, I could be wrong, but I think you probably already had a sermon on that one before. And if so, I'm going to need you to send that to me. And if not, we may have to bring you back for Coach Dennis 2.0. But I think that's so amazing. And, you know, he's right, the foundation and how the blessing that it is that, even though, as you said, these aren't our birth children that we coach, there have been times where, you know, a player will say something uh, once they've gone. They may not get it when they're here with us those four years or however many years, but when they go on and then life happens mm-hmm. and then they say, it was because you taught me dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. It was because you showed me dot, dot, dot. I was able to now see it, or I am the first person in my family to receive a college degree. And those things, much like you said, uh, Coach Dennis, I look exactly like my mother. You're absolutely right. But when I speak and she comes out, it's like, whoa, (laughs) I get taken aback sometimes. Mm -hmm. But to hear it the way that you put it is so true. I always speak about the testimonies and the trials in my life. And it's one thing to know God through a parent or through a coach but when you learn and have that foundation and you learn it on your own by the foundation that they gave by the seed that they planted and that is why it's so powerful and I'm so thankful you put that in and you're so right coach Williams we have to make sure that we tailor make how we lead to each every one of our athletes or branch out to whatever we lead our employees or whatever the case may be my mom used to always say we were siblings and She'd buy my sister a coat. And we're looking like, where's my coat? Well, you don't need a coat. Your coat still fits, you know? And yeah. it's not about favoritism. It's about what you need and when you need it. And so you're absolutely right. We must be fair, but we can't coach every athlete the same way. That is when we come into trouble. We cannot serve and lead every person that with us in the same way. And I think it goes back to what you said earlier. We have to lead. We have to listen and we have we have to have empathy and I think those two things align along with what you both and um, coach Dennis said it makes much sense on how we can be successful and so I thank you for that Um, at this point I'm going to give an opportunity for anybody else to have any questions or comments they may have for coach and then coach I'm gonna let you there he is go ahead coach G (laughs) he's my twitter buddy right there what's up coach how you doing how you doing all right it's TikTok Thursdays, right? I know. I still, I'm, I'm tinkering on a couple. I haven't decided yet. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, me personally, with any situation, I kind of like to sit back before I strike. Sure. And not always strike, but just yep. breathe in all the information, take my notes, and then put my two cents in. Mm. Basically, what you were saying, hey, make sure you go talk about it know what you're talking about. So, as I've said in this profession, I know a lot at this point, but I'm never too big to learn more. Or I can always learn something more, add to my game, add to my kids' game, whatever it is that we're doing. But uh, one, as always, with everybody, thanks for sharing. Uh, Two, a couple of things that I'm definitely going to take with me that I try to implement on my own is – Hey, I don't care if you play 30 seconds for me mm-hmm. or three years. 
you don't always be my kid. Correct. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you might not like the way I do it initially, but later on it goes, dang, coach, I see what you're talking about. We had a kid, great kid, played for us, and she just graduated. I shared it the other day. And with honors and everything, none of that surprised me. Mm-hmm. But it was like, Coach, you remember when? That was five years ago. And, you know, I never underestimate, underestimate the, the impact that we can mm-hmm. have on kids and how they remember things. And how it might not always be basketball. It's just something like, Coach, you remember you said I could do it, mm-hmm. did it or whatever the case may be. So everybody needs little different ingredients. Some people need a little seasoning. Some people need a little water. Some people need Gatorade, whatever it may be. Everybody needs something different. And the hard part is, as coaches, figuring out what they need and how to give it to them so that they are watered properly. Yep. Uh, that discernment. I didn't know it was going to hit like that for everybody, but that's just what came to me in my, in my mind. So I just felt the need to say it, but keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and it's not always about the money, though. It's about the fit. So I couldn't agree more with that. Some people look at me crazy when I say that. Like, go get paid. I'm like, no. What fits what I got going on right now? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. hard. It's hard to say, like, you know, oh, yeah, it's not about the money. Um, but for me, I know what makes me happy. And that is, I want to be a good person. It means more to me to be a good person than and have the ability to change and affect lives in a positive way. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I obviously uh, would love to make, um, you know, money, but I just know what makes me happy. Having gone through what I've gone through in my life and one at this level and one here and and you know like i said been to final fours and all i i know what makes me happy and so that's what i chase right now is happiness this life is short you know uh it's it's nothing is guaranteed we hear that all the time and it, but it's true uh so and especially these days with what's all going on and i i want to know at the i had a positive effect and when I look back, uh, I want to make sure I had a positive effect. That's what's going to make me happy. Peace of mind. Peace of mind, absolutely. Cool. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's super awesome. And when you said all of that, and that goes along also, too, with that wisdom, mm-hmm. um, I know what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And so many people don't. They and don't? I think that's telling especially in these times. Uh, and I just heard, again, resounding in my head that that word of scripture that says, what profit a man to gain the whole wide world and lose his soul? We can chase so many jobs and titles and money, you said. But at the end of the day, what souls were saved? Who do we help? And I'll keep going back to it. Coach Huff, I think you can hear me. I know we're getting back to our lives, but our same song, if I can help somebody, then my living should not be in vain. And so so much, there's so much peace that exudes from you. Um, there's so much, you know how they say, be content in the state that you're in, in the word that that exudes from you. Um, and the sure, the sureness of you, uh, for lack of a better term, and that comes with that foundation, that comes with that 
experience and that comes with that wisdom. So I just personally want to thank you for taking the time to come on with us today. I know in these times and so much going on and the schedule and the girls back on campus, um, still got to get your TikTok out for the day, but Coach <laughs> Truth giving us um, a bit of your time and your wisdom um, today that we can continue to you know, become leaders in our own right and we can take back to our own programs and our own paths of life because you truly had shed light on many things that I know personally I needed to hear today. So I thank you so much for that and give you a chance to say anything final you want to say before we close out today. I did, uh, music is a big part of what I do with in terms of my faith. I wanted to share a song that I listen to. It's my go-to song. Uh, and that's Awesome by Canton Jones. So, <laughs> I mean, that is that is my song. It, it it just has a range of so many things. So I just wanted to share that part. I got many others, but I want to share that song. That's Absolutely. called Awesome by Canton Jones. It's funny, Coach. I actually know that song. I'm going to tell you a That's quick story before we get out. Um, back when I actually teach and coach at the same school where I was a student, the Gabby High School in Tallahassee. And when I was a senior, the gospel choir got invited to go down to Bobby Jones Gospel um, in South Florida. They were airing a show and doing a youth summit. Um, and we got to go backstage in the green room. But one of the different events they had, they did a talent show amidst the youth. And one thing people know, and they'll laugh, and you'll probably see a couple of comments and smirks in this group, is I'll do a lot of things. And I try my best not to ever place in the ground talents God has given me. But when it comes down to singing, it's not in the church doing it. It's just not. It's out of my comfort zone, you know. But at that time, they did a talent show, and Canton Jones was actually doing the talent show. Yes. And so it was myself and another young lady, but he picked us up, and we actually got his uh, one of his very first CDs down there at that but never forget that. I mean, you know, of course, I met Kimberell, Mary, Mary, all of these different people, right? Bobby Jones himself. But that I still remember and hold on to. So I, that's why I smiled really big when you said that. <laughs> Definitely. All right. That's awesome. Well, Coach, I, th I thank you so much just for being on today. Um, you know, I tell anybody the most valuable thing that you can give is time. We can't get that back. So I thank Absolutely. us with your time and your message today. Um, you know, if there's anything that we can ever do for you, uh, you can tweet me, you can email me. Um, I'll send you my number. We'll do it. And anytime you are always welcome. back. Um, so if you guys could just bow your head real quick and we'll say a prayer and get out. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you so much, Lord God, just for what you continue to do. We're so unworthy, Lord God, yet you still found us worthy of your blessings, of your hand of mercy and your hand of grace. I pray a special prayer right now, Lord God, for Coach Samantha Williams and her whole entire program and everything that she touches, Lord God. Minister Dennis talked about the power of that seed being planted, Lord God. And I just want to continue to pray that and move that, Lord God, even before me to people I don't even know. Help us to move off of those seeds of faith, Lord God. Help us to grow off of those seeds of faith, Lord God, but only for your glory, Lord God. We pray for the servant leadership coaches Bible study, Lord God, that continues to bless every coach, Lord God. You know what we need. And Lord, I'll just ask that your will be done. Continue to heal those that need, Lord God. Bless us in this pandemic. It may be unprecedented times, Lord God, but there is nothing new under the sun with you, Lord God. So I pray that you just continue to keep our family safe, 
we'll be ever so mindful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much as always. Coach, I appreciate you. It was amazing. And if we can do anything, you just let us know. Absolutely.